Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about DeSantis and the shape of the Republican field to come. Here's the show. All right. So, uh, I, I get we have to talk about Ron DeSantis. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, we have to do it because it's important, because he is the big story right now. Because there's been some news between his uh, his Twitter debacle announcement and uh, and this morning that 24 hour period. Uh, first, I would like to say that I was vaguely impressed with the DeSantis campaign's a decision to hang a lantern on their Twitter thing. Uh, they they immediately rushed out merch about how you vote for Ron DeSantis because he breaks things. He breaks the internet. They're not going to hide from this. This is my belief in like all crisis comms, you know, like including like how the Biden administration should deal with Kamala. Like, you know, is he friends with everybody's from clear and present danger? Is he friends with that? No, they're best friends. He was his best man at his wedding. Like, you know, just, just lean into it hard. And DeSantis has done that. They were everywhere yesterday. If you were a conservative uh, podcast host with more than 10, 10 listeners, you got five minutes to interview Ron DeSantis yesterday. Uh, and that was pretty, pretty good, I guess. Uh, and then he did the January 6th thing <laughs> where he said that, and it's very mealy mouth. He said that he would consider pardons for people that he believed were politically prosecuted for January 6th, up to and including President Trump. Do you have thoughts about this? Yeah, and you can look at it two ways, right? So I can look at it as um, an American citizen who very much wants uh, a president who is clear about the fact that January 6th was bad. Right. What he is doing here is trying to signal to Republican based voters uh, that he is going to fight for them and that if people come after them, uh, he's going to be on their side, even if that means that you broke into the Capitol and tried to overturn an election. Uh, I'm going to get you a pardon. And he I listened to his interview and he's like, and I'm going to not going to wait until the end. I'm going to do it right up front. First thing. But if you listen really closely, he is inserting the weasel words uh, of, and I, I, I actually call them weasel words with a negative connotation, but actually they are, it's good in the sense that he was like, he would look at each case and where there was political prosecution. But I did, um, so like that's right. So he's not saying anybody who participated in January 6th, like I'm not pardoning, uh, the head of the Oath Keepers who just got what, 18 years in prison. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the, that's the optimistic read on what he was saying. <laughs> the optimistic read like, is he's only cynically pandering to the MAGA right. voters. That's right. That's right. Uh, so I, I just I, and I also like this is this is the outrunning Trump on the right. Like it, like the extent to which Ron DeSantis will make seems to be making it an issue that Trump he hasn't done this explicitly yet, but I think he'll get there. Trump didn't pardon these people, right? Like because this is a place where Trump is weirdly. Uh, sort of vulnerable with the base is that like he could have pardoned all of these people before he left office, but he did not. 
Now they weren't. Could he they, have? I mean, it was he had fourteen days. They hadn't identified most of them. They hadn't raised cases against. Them. I mean, it would have been a weird. I preemptively pardon anybody who is. I don't know. Wasn't that what Matt Gates was after? The yeah, I think that is. Blanket pardon. I think that is what he was after. But that's going to be a hard sell. I think for I don't know. It was like he he pardoned Paul Manafort uh, and Roger Stone and yeah, but they were named people who've been given. This would have been like I I pardon anybody who does wind up getting prosecuted. Yeah, it's true. I uh, I guess I I don't. I wonder how that plays with these people, right? Or like you know, he he wasn't out there agitating on their behalf until quite recently. Like now he's out there with the January 6th choir, but like for a year and a half during the meat of the prosecutions, it's not like he's been tweeting defenses of them or helping pay money or any of those things. I think he's like a little vulnerable on that uh, for the hardcore folks. And so I think that's where Ron DeSantis is trying to go with this. Um, I have been, and and maybe, maybe this is just me, but are you shocked by all of the people who love Ron DeSantis, uh, who seem to not have much to say about him suggesting he would uh, pardon people on January 6th? I uh, I am not shocked because they will say nothing about it unless they have to. And if they have to, they'll say, uh, well, you got to listen really carefully. I mean, he's not saying that he's going to pardon everybody. right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to hang their hats on the, the weasel words. And... That's fine, right? That's I mean, I my concern about this from as somebody who would like to see Donald Trump not be the nominee, and so that means you know uh, hoping that any any other the other Republicans running against him can find political advantage. Uh, I just don't think this cuts it. Like this is trying to this is a this is a traditional politician trying to have it both ways against a guy who just says what he thinks, right? Donald Trump is like, I'm going to pardon the January 6th choir. Here are these, these 30 people who are unfairly locked away in a DC hellhole and with all of those thugs, wink, wink, you know what I mean by thugs, and, uh, and I'm going to pardon them. And Ron DeSantis says, I promise you that I will look at pardons for anybody who I feel has been prosecuted for political reasons. And it's like, I don't know, like the one guy is pointing to the 30 people he says he's going to pardon. And the other guy is like being a politician. Yeah, there's also the part of this uh, that is like, okay, so Ron DeSantis used his weasel words. So people like uh, baseball crank worst, by the way. Uh, is going to go out and defend him. But like, are we as conservatives, are we just cool with the King Ron, the King Ron deciding what is politically motivated? How is that? And and also like, there's there seems to be this weird what about, right? So he's doing, it's not weird. This is like very common. It's He's saying, even if you did something technically wrong, like this is what he said in his thing, even if you did something technically wrong or illegal, if you were prosecuted for that, but people who did those similar things for like Black Lives Matter, if they weren't prosecuted, uh, then like I'm going to let you off because there's not this equal application of law. I don't know where everybody gets the impression that people who were caught 
uh, you know, destroying things during the Black Lives, that they were all just let off. People absolutely went to jail. 100%. I don't like, and like people who were, uh, you know, some of the high level agitate, like people absolutely went to jail all over the place for destruction of property, for theft. Um, and so I, it's, there's this like, it's like the people on the right think literally everybody who did anything bad during Black Lives Matter, during the protests, like they're all walking free. Also, this is, I mean, I'm sorry, like many liberals used to make a version of this argument over drug sentencing like 25 years ago, right? And the people on the right who are pro-law and order went crazy. When people on the left would like, you know, look at drug sentencing, why, why is it that uh, black kids getting pinched for crack are getting sentenced to 10x uh, what a white kid doing, you know, getting pinched doing cocaine is? or Because you know, we had all these weird sentencing laws around this stuff. And conservatives were like, oh, look at you soft on crime liberals. <laughs> and it's one more, one more <coughs> way in which the, the conservative view of law and order is really, and maybe it was always thus, but is really just, I just have to make sure that we can use the law to punish the bad people. And if the law punishes our people, then we got to find ways around that. Sorry. And uh, this is not a weakness for DeSantis, but it is uh, the fact that DeSantis is all in on this view of the law and the application of the law and all of conservatism has decided that they're all in on it too. Yeah, and Ron DeSantis actually knows what the true true conservative position is, right? He he is uh, smart enough and was a was a conservative who existed in these spaces. He's just decided he just under he does understand. I think as an intellectual matter, but not as a like deep in the gut matter. He understands where these voters are, and he knows that the base wants to hear that he's going to pardon the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th, because that is a piece of political posturing that is necessary in the current political environment. Uh, rule of law be damned. I just like, I just, I know I was right about, but I wanted to just check. Okay. So uh, more than there were more than 300 federal cases stemming from the protests against George Floyd uh, and 120 defendants pled guilty and were convict convicted of federal crimes, including rioting, arson, and conspiracy. 70 of the defendants uh, so far have gotten an average about 27 months behind bars. At least 10 received terms of five years or more. Okay. <laughs> like, that's the one's about to sound like, what is this idea that, like, uh, Somebody you know, said it on Fox once, and so it becomes dogma, right? Like, oh, the BLM Antifas were never prosecuted for anything. Like, I don't know. Kind of looks like, like a bunch of them were, right? <laughs> yeah. A uh, bunch of them were. So I just, this idea that, like... Uh, there, the, the there were polit there were political prosecutions, um, but more importantly, like I think there's a there's something deeper here, which is that he is like this is like the normalization of what happened on January sixth, and I think that if you stop for one second and you think about the fact that these were people trying to overturn an election, that they were threat threatening bodily harm to members of Congress. Uh, that they were talking about hanging Mike Pence and uh, that people were killed, uh, that cops were being beaten and tased and that uh, and stabbed with flagpoles uh, and, and it was breached, that we have both major presidential candidates on the Republican side saying not just like kind of whitewashing what happened that day, but like 
actively running on a platform of letting people off who are a part of that that day. Um, and even if the technicalities of what Ron DeSantis does aren't or would be like more responsible than the ones that Trump would do. The point is that he's running in a way to signal that all of that was okay. Not only that, not only is it okay, but it is unjustified that people were punished for it. And that is genuinely shocking. I mean, especially, like, you know, the people are getting convicted. They, like, juries have sat and listened to all the evidence. And and it, it is like the, the, the pardon in Texas with Greg Abbott over the, the guy who, who killed the, the Black Lives Matter. Like, you know. It, it's just I don't understand it. The the conser- conservatives have suddenly the conservatives who want to lock everybody up, right? Lock her up, yeah. lock him up. Now go and when juries reach verdicts, uh, putting people to putting. And here's the thing: what they're saying is that the crimes are okay as long as the crimes are committed against the bad people, right? That's what it is. Like, it's not like that, that, like, crime's okay, or even that they like, you know, Cletus von Ivermectin, who has been pinched for this stuff. It's not really about that. It's about we got to make sure that the people don't get in trouble for doing crime against the people we hate. Yep. And I, I mean, that is just dangerous as fuck. So and- this is when people talk about the slow slide into, you know, people throw around words like autocracy, authoritarianism, you know, fascism. I, like... I think these terms can be like sort of silly sometimes, but the erosion of liberal democracy, like this is where it happens when you undermine the rule of law, when you decide and you tell people, and like, it's weird. Uh, this is, it's just, it's happening. Uh, like right now, you know, you, the, 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 the idea that the left says like the Supreme court has no legitimacy. And like, I find that I may, I may not like how the Supreme court's ruling, um, but I do not like the idea that people would say that it has no legitimacy. Uh, I am deeply concerned about the entire Republican Party deciding that free speech is actually something that applies to them, not their opponents, that the rule of law is something that applies to their opponents and not to them. Um, what is it? What is that old phrase? It is like for 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 my friends, something, but for my enemies, the law. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly. Uh Anyway, my friend's understanding or something like that, but yeah, Uh, yeah, my friend's charity and understanding for my, yeah, my enemy is the law. Um, And like, this is, this is how we get to the bad place. Uh, This is, yeah. And you know what? Look, you know, as dark as I am, the fact that the justice system has ground in slow and unspectacular ways against like the Stuart Roses and the Enrique Tarios of the world that's a sign of the guardrails holding, right? This is, you know, so what you had was you had a bunch of paramilitary organizations who were quasi taking directions from the president of the United States, directions laundered through like Roger Stone and stuff. So it wasn't, it wasn't full brown shirts, but it was like, you know, an eighth of the way on the road to brown shirts. And that was really bad and dangerous and the guardrails are in the process of holding, right, in ways which are unspectacular but are are measured. And you're like, okay, look, this is when we talk about the institutions holding. This is this is good. Then you have Ron DeSantis who comes along, and his campaign pitch is, uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta like, you know undo the institutions holding. And here's here's where I, I get really really mad. So the 
the Ross Douthat baseball head argument is Ron DeSantis doesn't mean any of this stuff about dismantling the institutions, but he has to say it because that's what Republican voters want. Republican voters demand that. So he has to he has yes. to say that. Yes. If Republican voters demand those things and will not elect a politician who is in favor of those institutions and guardrails, then why do we not see Republican voters as an incredibly dangerous force in American politics? Yeah. Is it because you don't like Target having like rainbow pride signs when you walk in? Is that really the calculation? I don't know, but the, I, this the, I see this as part of. So the, this is like um, the way the anti-anti's. One, of the, I, I'm like, I'm like putting some things. I've put things out in the world about Ron DeSantis. The focus groups have turned on DeSantis completely, and so I've been talking. I've been talking some about DeSantis. I also, um, you know, I have uh, been publicly on. Uh, I find his his current strategy inexplicable. Um, why, when there is an available chunk of the Republican Party that wants to move on, and then why there is another group, another sort of standard deviation over of sort of like maybe Trumpers who are, who could be persuaded to go for someone like Ron DeSantis. And instead he's like trying to wrestle Trump for his cult, like the people who are always with him. Uh, and I don't understand that. Um, so when I, when I make those points though, I gotta say, I have never blocked people on Twitter. But nobody has been more upset, more uh, um, rude, like name calling, you know, you're a grifter, you need Trump, Trump's your immediate financial interest, uh, you know. <laughs> so like, and so I like, I'm just like, the, the extent to which they will say like, and, and they'll make fun of me. They're like, yeah, you want Larry Hogan, who can't win. Uh, and like... The way they're willing to accept basically what anything that Ron DeSantis throws up that they will never say he's wrong, he's not good, uh, like their level of investment, in, I actually don't understand it because I'm like, why not just move on to Yunkin? Like, why not just be like, you know what? This guy doesn't have it. Uh, like, what what is the thing that makes them, uh, I, like you always make say like you can't criticize the precious, uh, which is exactly how they are. I mean, the vitriol. I but I don't get I've never gotten this level of vitriol from it's always the anti-antis. It's never like the Trumpers that come after us. Yeah. I, I mean I think guys. I know the answer to this. I've been thinking a lot it? about this. So the the word they use is support. Yeah. The, the, you've got to support DeSantis. And that's a weird word because it's it's unclear what it means. Uh you and I have made clear that uh we we will maybe not happily, but we will support Ron DeSantis with our votes, right? Which is like the only material thing you can do. Uh, you, depending on positioning, like may spend spend money to try to stop Donald Trump from being nominated. And mm -hmm. what they what the anti antis mean when they say support is they mean be willing to lie for them. I think that's what they mean, right? And, and supporting somebody in their mind means. Being willing to say things you don't believe in order to publicly position yourself as uh, as being a supplicant to the figure. Yeah. That is what support means. And that's the thing we're not willing to do. Like, I, you know, like if Ron DeSantis pulls down his pants and takes a crap on the sidewalk, 
I will not say that this is a bold strategy in which he is showing the media how what he really thinks of them or that he is disrupting the mechanics of presidential campaigns. Like, I, I you know, I'll say, I don't know, it seems crazy. The yeah. dude just took a deuce on the sidewalk. Right. Uh, not a great campaign strategy. And what the anti-antis, and I think this is all because of how, like what the Trump years did to them, where they felt like they had to, they could make some noises about like, well, I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know, their view of what it meant to support a candidate ran to, you know, making excuses for this guy they hated and it was embarrassing to them. Yeah. I think that's right. I just, it, it is like, uh, the level of intensity has really ratcheted up from them. I give mean, it, I guess it's panic about this. I guess they, they, they tied really hard, uh, to him. And now if he goes down, that's, uh, <clears throat> what do you think? Do you think that after making the rounds, uh, with Eric Erickson and, uh, every other podcaster as you, and going on Newsmax, do his poll numbers go up now that he's announced? Hey again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to The Bulwark and subscribe. We'd love to have you.